Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mic on. And now, on today's episode of... Mic off. Gaining demos and other interests On Joseph Weekland's Harmonica Player Podcasts we present the Tuesday afternoon, August 2nd, Blind Camp 2022 service. Enjoy. Number 567. 569. 569. Oh, okay. Let's try 569. Ask me not, O gentle saint.
anyone have one picked out that you'd like to sing? What's that? What about How Great Thou Art? How Great Thou Art. That's, I think that's in here. Oh, all right, 6.33. I think we have time for another one after that. I'd like to say hello to the people in Valdez, Alaska. Sings my soul, 
Help me then in every tribulation so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. We're here to study the word. We're here to seek the face of the Lord. What a God we serve. We've been in Genesis chapter 1, and we got into chapter 2. Tonight we get into chapter 3. We're not speeding through the book. There's so much here. And um, the bad news is that all we've done before this was good news, but now we had to look at the fall, the entrance of sin. And, uh, but we have to look at it. And it really, it steps right on our toes. It, it helps us to face issues that are happening in our lives. Every part of the universe operates according to law, Okay. In the physical realm, these laws are very measurable. Suppose I have a basketball in my hand, and I'm holding it at about chest height, and I pull my hands apart. What does a basketball do? Falls to the ground and bounces. All right? Suppose I'm holding a lead ball about that same size as my hand. Well, if it's that big, I'm going to have to squat a little, bend my knees, and, and tuck my elbows in. But I've got that lead ball in my hands. What happens when I release my hands? It drops. Okay, okay, one more scene. Uh, this time, it's a helium balloon about that same size, and I'm holding it in my hands about chest height, and I release my hands, and where does it drop? Everything happens according to law. I was talking about the law of gravity. Why doesn't the law of gravity affect that helium balloon? It does. You're absolutely right. But a helium balloon is lighter than air. Everything happens according to laws, and we count on that. We, we expect and require those laws to work. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of you were bold enough to go up in an airplane. You know that airplane's heavier than air. That was not a helium balloon you were in. But it was safe. That amazing pilot even gave some of you blind people the controls. What was he thinking? Oh, that you could follow instructions. There's rules in life. Just as there's these physical rules, there's rules in our spiritual life. We can trust God to take care of us. Some of the rules in the spiritual life, we have known and talked about the, uh, the King James translation of the Ten Commandments tends to sound a bit negative. But I believe God gave us these rules very much in the positive. This is good news. He, he says, number one, I am number one. I'm the one to worship. That's command number one. He says, I'm God. Well, I'm glad he is. I don't know enough to be God, and I know that. Uh, the trouble is that sometimes I act like my grandma, Eve, and <laughs> think, think that I know better than what he told me. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, commandment number two, leave those images alone. Don't worship them. He's God, not this image. And we talked about images this morning. He wants us to radiate his love, to share his character. We're worshiping him. Number three, uh, don't use any bad language. Talk positive, sweetly, uplifting, 
bold, gracious, kind. That's God. He wants us to have pure speech. That's wonderful. And the other doesn't look good or sound good. <laughs> There's really no good expletives. Just let's be in worship. Let's, let's not <laughs> even saying garbage as an expletive isn't a good thing. And you know, there's other words, plenty of other words. Um, number four, and that's the one that so much of the world is having trouble with because the devil has been attacking it so much, and you know it's the only one that has the word remember in the front of it. The Sabbath day, holy Sabbath day, blessed day of rest, by my God, supremely blessed. What a gift he gave us, and that was at the climax of the creation week. Number five, respect your parents, and actually all levels of authority. And uh, that, that includes pastors, but it's not as if I'm pushing for that. I just know that that's what God asks you, to, to treat people who are in a position of authority with respect. Now, if I get off in left field, be respectful enough to say, Pastor Fred, you're heading the wrong direction, just like when one of my blind friends starts wandering across the field thinking that they're heading to dinner, I say, uh-uh, it's over this way. Well, respect authority. But when your parents are trying to tell you to do something that's contrary to the word of God, don't be shy to say to them, I must obey God rather than man, especially now that you're adults. Um... That command number six about don't murder, respect life. Respect life. That's, that's a huge thing. It's, it's in the politics today. We're getting, we're getting states where, where we respect life and refuse to do abortions. And so there's companies that say, well, we'll pay our employees um, enough that they can travel to states where they can kill those kids if they want to. Respect life, all life whether they're young or old or your same age. There's a lot of mess in this world, a lot of killing going on, and I'm not sure that I could participate in war in any way. It's messy. Respect life. Number seven, be sexually pure. I know it's phrased in a don't, don't commit adultery, but it means be sexually pure. And that's more than just what you do with your physical body. It's even more what you do in your head. Control what you think about. And I know, you can't control what you think about. Well, God can. When, when the temptations are coming, focus on him and invite him to help you think the right thoughts. And he does. I know. Because I wrestled with this one too. And number eight, leave other people's stuff alone. Don't steal. <laughs> if it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to you. Treat it with respect. Um, number nine, speak only truth. Oh, I'm not just talking about words. Your actions, too. Demonstrate truth in your life. The commandment tends to be quoted as if don't bear false witness. But God wants us to be pillars of righteousness that anyone seeing us knows the truth about God. Be truthful. And number 10, be content. <laughs> Welcome, Randy. We've, we've been praying for you. And we, we had already heard that our prayers were answered even as we were praying. God is gracious. So, be content. Sometimes you feel like God handed you a bad deck. Some of you were born blind. Others received your blindness later. And some of you had an, a progressive experience like my friend Dave. And God has given these experiences to us 
And in this context, we can talk about the blindness, but there's plenty of other issues in our lives. And truth be told, every one of us this far from Eden is disabled one way or another. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn to praise the Lord and thank him for the experiences he gives me. Now, the last two times when the deer ran into my car, I was able to say, praise the Lord, first, <laughs> rather than getting angry and upset. And the last two were both totaling the car. They finished it off. Now, the next to the last one, it was, um, it, <laughs> it was third time's the charm. But still, it's really, really upsetting. <laughs> uh, but praise the Lord, I wasn't hurt. And that's, you know, when you look at it, Lord, if you're going to let the deer run into this car that's really not mine, it's his. I know you've got some good to happen out of this. I don't need to know what that good is. The last time that the deer took out my car, the lady who saw it happen stopped, and we had a nice little chat. Maybe that made a difference in her life. We don't even always know when we're sharing Jesus with someone, let alone what difference it's making. Because if you are walking with Jesus all of the time, then whoever sees you, you're sharing Jesus with them, even if you don't say a word. And if God needs Randy to go to the hospital and talk to those nurses and <laughs> witness upon his Lord, it's a good thing. And you know, Randy's ready to say amen to that as anybody. We, 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 that's right. That's right, Dave. We know you did because we know Randy. And may we all be that bold. But you don't always have to say something to witness for Jesus. Just, just live for Jesus. That's being content. Now, having said that, violation of any of these laws has consequences. Somebody was telling me about an airport near where they live that is world-renowned for skydiving. That people go up in a perfectly good airplane and then they jump out of it and they expect the air <laughs> a parachute to carry them to the earth safely. And mo most of the time it does. They, they have thousands of people that jump out of those airplanes from that airport. And they're only averaging one death a year. Mm, that's one too many. <laughs> but really, the percentages are quite good. But um, there's laws. And that law of gravity, you, <laughs> we can study and know exactly what terminal velocity is. And the terminal velocity for that, for that lead ball isn't very different from the terminal velocity of that basketball. Once, once they get going through the atmosphere, which causes friction and slows it down, they get to be about the same speed. Or, or if you're falling through the atmosphere, you get to about that same speed, and it's faster than is very safe. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. But did you go up in the plane? See? See? You trusted. Oh, Kristen was in control, and she's never seen a peak in her whole life. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> so, Genesis 2, God told our first parents about this. He gave us some warning about some issues that he knew we would face. Verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but... You gotta you always listen for those little exception words. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Surely die. Not maybe might could. You shall surely die. That was the word of God. Now, does God tell the truth? Always. What God says is true. What God says does not always make sense to our human minds. That's not required. It's required that what God says is truth, and I need to believe it. When he says this is the way it is, then this is the way it is. 
Trust him. He knows what he's talking about. Well, things got messy. In uh, chapter 3, the serpent, the snake, was more cunning, subtle, tricky, sly than any other beast in the field. And this snake said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, you hear what's going on? A snake is talking? Snakes don't talk. They never did. It's the evil one who is inhabiting that snake and talking to grandma. And she listened to him. Now, be wise. When the devil starts talking, there are usually some clues that it's the wrong voice. Don't listen to it, and for God's sake, don't start talking back. But Grandma did, and truth be told, in our lives, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, so the story goes on. The woman said to the serpent, Oh, oh, that's not what God said. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, let's pause and look at a couple things on that. Um, Satan had slightly misquoted God, and so she thought she would defend God and set the record straight. You don't need to do that to the devil. If he's telling lies about God, walk away from him. Don't try to correct his errors. There's a time to speak and a time to keep silent. There's a time to respond and a time to drop it. Let God guide you to know which is when. Now, something else happened here that I've heard preachers land on each side of this, and I don't need to land on either side, one or the other, but I can tell you the caution. She said that God said, don't touch it. You do not find in chapter 2 anything where God said, don't touch it. Now, people have a tendency to, and the Jews called it putting a fence around the law, making some extra rules so you don't get close to breaking the law. <sighs> that really does not bring honor to God. Understand the law and honor his instructions. But putting those extra rules around it, like telling you that you need to be here by 7 o'clock when this live stream is going to be going on, and the sermon doesn't start till 7.30, that's a lie. I need to tell you the truth. Now, I'd like to have you here plenty early. We start singing 10, 15 minutes after 7. We start singing before the scheduled time for it to start, and it goes live stream. And hallelujah, people are watching. I have gotten a couple reports of people who are watching. Hallelujah, this is wonderful. We, we're, we're happy to share with the world the word of God. Don't try to help God out by making the rules more stringent than he has made them. He's clear. Trust him with his clarity. Now, it could be that in the discussion with God, that God said... Don't even touch that stuff. We really don't know which side it's on, but we can see a lesson in this. Now, I have a picture in my mind of the serpent in the tree, and even today some snakes are very um, nicely designed. A lot of people are so afraid of a snake that, that, that they can't see any beauty in them, but if you will let yourself stop being afraid of the snake and start looking at it for its aesthetics, some of them are really quite attractive. But before the fall, I think they were even more attractive. And the, um, the scientists have been studying the fossil record and seen some evidence that um, some of those dinosaurs or maybe early snakes could fly. Interesting stuff. I don't have to understand it all to know that that snake in the garden 
was an attractive creature. And beguiling with the words, and Eve was standing there dallying and talking with him and suggesting about what God said and what God didn't say. And now the serpent, who has got a bite of fruit in its mouth, and I used to think of a piece of fruit the size of an apple, but I'm thinking more maybe small apricot, because I don't think she just had one piece in her hand when she handed to Adam. I think that there, there, there was a handful of fruit by then. But the, the serpent is, has got this fruit, eating it, and implying that the eating of the fruit has made the serpent to be an advanced creature from what it was before. Now, implications don't make it true. <laughs> Assumptions can make you into a fool. And so she got, she got tricked. Um, she gave a clear statement to the serpent, and the serpent then said, God lied to you. <laughs> that should be a huge red flag that you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> if anybody says God's lying, you know they're lying. <laughs> they may be deceived, but they're lying. Uh, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Well, she quoted God correctly when he said that if you eat it, you will surely die. But then he went on to say, verse 5, God knows that in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now he's not only lied about what God said, but he's lied about God's motives. Now, whose motives does Satan present as God's motives? His own motives is what he has consistently presented as if they were God's motives. That's why this great controversy has taken so long. Because Satan has lied and lied and lied about God, and God has to only tell truth, to present truth in a clear way. No falsehoods. It's taken thousands of years to get this record set straight. And it needs to be set straight in the lives of individual people. So, he lied saying that God is afraid that you're going to be like him. But now we get to the part that just tears me up. Not merely because of what Grandma did, but because of what we do with this. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise. Now, there she's ca catching that instruction from the snake. So she took the fruit and ate. She did a scientific analysis. She looked at that fruit and she recognized that there was nutrition in that fruit. And there was. But God said, don't eat it. There was nutrition in that fruit. And she decided, well, why would God not want me to eat this nutritious fruit? He must be lying. So she ate it. Now, don't just do this thought in the long ago and far away. How many times have you heard the voice of God and done your own analysis of the situation and said, I can get away with this. It'll be okay this time. I, I can do this this once. You can't do it this once. It will hurt you every time that you violate the will and the way of God. And it makes it easier for you to lose it again. You've got to believe the word of God. Believing his word empowers you to live truth and righteousness. And, of course, it goes on. She also gave to her husband, and he ate. Now, New Testament helps us understand. Eve got snookered. Yeah, she dallied, and she played games, and she talked back, but she got tricked in her head. The Bible holds Adam responsible here. Now, I believe he's responsible also because he had a leadership role. We talked about that last night. But the Bible talks of him responsible, and what I see here is he went into this with his eyes open. She said, I ate, 
And he looked at her and he said, you have violated the word of God and I'm going to join you because I love you so much. <laughs> love God supremely. Only then can you safely love your spouse. Yeah, we looked at that last night too. Make your love to God strong and true so that you can be appropriate in your love for even your spouse, but also your neighbor and your kids and your parents. Make your love for God strong. You know what happened. As soon as Adam had eaten the fruit, he starts blaming Eve. I love you so much, but five minutes later, it's her fault. That's the way we go. If we do not honor God supremely, then we start hurting each other. And you know, you've been hurt by others. And truth be told, you've hurt others. So, halfway through my notes. In love, God limited where our parents could err. Only one place in the whole world where they could make that mistake. Only one place in the world where they could sin. And, and it was associated with the tree. Trees don't wander around. They stay in one place. That was the only place in the whole world where Satan could tempt Adam and Eve. And Satan's sneaky. He knew he was limited to there. He, he thought long and hard about how and when and where. I don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden before sin came. I had an elder that told me when I was about 12, 14 years old that it was 40 years. And I said, where do you know that? And he says, just keep looking and you'll find it. Well, I haven't found it yet, but I keep looking. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's in the Word because I have been looking for 40 years. But... Um, they were in the garden a while, and the devil was studying on this thing, and he waited until he found Eve without her husband close by her side. Oh, he wasn't very far away, but they weren't together. God had given some clues, very useful, helpful, wise clues. The test was so small. It's just a bit of food. Does it matter what you eat? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Most important tests in our lives are small, too. Look at the Bible record. Daniel, when he had been kidnapped and enslaved and probably castrated, he said, I'm going to choose the food that God wants me to eat rather than the stuff that the king is put, pushing on me. Food. Small choice, made a difference. And then, <laughs> 70 years later, another small test comes to Daniel when, when he's told that he needs to pray only to the king. And Daniel wasn't going to fudge or sneak or pretend. Faithful in his worship of the Lord. Amen. He knew it wouldn't have made any difference. They were out for him anyway. If if he knuckled into their false law, he would have been in trouble, even with them, let alone with God. So he was true to God. Small test for Daniel and his friends that, they, that faced the lions. They could have bent over and tied their shoe, at least done that instead of standing up and refusing to bow to that image. Simple test, little test. Or, or Joseph. She was a consenting adult. She wanted to do this thing. And he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against? Now, I was expecting him to say, sin against your husband, my boss. But he said, sin against God. It would be a violation of heaven's rules for me to do this with you. And so she accused him anyway. Small things? It can be very small issues in your life. The small things count big time because the little choices we make prepare us to take the stand on the big things and the big things probably don't look big till we look back at them. As, as we're walking up to them, they look small. I think it was just a small piece of fruit that Grandma ate. 
And of course, we often spend a lot of time on Jesus and his temptations. Three simple temptations. And it looks so simple, especially that first one. Well, just, just make this rock into a piece of bread. And he could. But he refused. Safeguards have been put in place. God had instructed them to stay together. He had told them to leave that tree alone. And he told them, don't trust your own senses. Trust my word. That's where we've got to live. I believe in these last days, each one of us is going to face issues where a scientific analysis, a legal analysis, is going to say, go along with the sin. But a biblical analysis will say, God has said, and I'm going to follow the word of God. I believe each one of us that go through to stand before Jesus without having seen death, we'll have an experience where we have to say, I'm going to obey God no matter, no matter. And, and it's going to be individual. I believe that each one of us is going to feel like it's just between me and God, nobody else. I know it's nice to have a spouse, a husband or a wife standing at your side saying, yes, let's do this right thing together. And we should do that, and that, but, but I think that the test will come to each one of us in some way. Uh, you've got to believe what God said rather than what you see or feel or smell or touch. We're warned that Satan will personate Christ. And if you go and look at him, you will be convinced that he looks, sounds, and acts like Jesus. God says, don't go. Don't look. Don't even turn on your television and look at that image of so-called Jesus. Don't put yourself in the position where you're dallying like Eve was, trying to decide whether, is this fruit nutritious or not? By the way, there were a lot of good vitamins and minerals in that fruit. It wasn't poisonous fruit. It was an obedience issue. We've got to give you one more verse, James 1, verse, starting with verse 12. Um, because it's essential that we realize that it's not just long ago and far away with Grandma Eve, but it's present day and today with us. Blessed is the one who endures temptation. Have you been tempted today? If, if you go through a day without temptation, then you're probably not paying attention. The devil is sneaky and tricky, and he, he keeps, in this world, it's plastered all over the universe. The, the street signs, the um, things that pop up on your computer, it's just, yeah, it's just all there. Blessed is the one who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised for those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So, yes, the temptation, it was allowed. Eve was allowed to wander close to the tree. God didn't grab her and jerk her back like I have done with my children and like I do with Bonnie's dog. But no, God said, you've got to make the choice to obey me. And by the way, I'm training the dog to obey rather than having to jerk her back out of danger. And it's, it's coming along well. She's seven months old. It's coming along well. God does not tempt anyone. So if the temptation's coming, it's not coming from God. What's happening then? Oh, verse 14. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. It's coming from your evil heart. We have evil tendencies, and truth be told, we have cultivated evil tendencies. They've got to be overcome. The ones that you've cultivated are going to be harder to overcome, but in the strength of God, we can go forward. Verse 15, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, 
brings death. The wages of sin is death. There's a law, and sin brings death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Obey the word. God has given us his precious promises. Memorize these promises. Treasure them. Meditate on them. It's really no longer today about Adam and Eve. It's about you and I. Salvation is about trusting God's word. That's probably my phone that I turned off for an hour. Believe God and obey him and you will be saved. Let's pray. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. As we contemplate the story of our grandma, we realize it is the story of us. Dallying with temptation and allowing it to afflict us. Lord, we rest in you. We trust you. We thank you. We desire to serve you, and we invite you into our lives today. Strengthen us and heal us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Alex, you can turn it off if you want to now. Well, folks, this completes another episode of... Till next time, take care.